Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of abruptio placentae from the reproductive section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 30-year-old G1P0 woman at 36 weeks gestation presents to the emergency room with sudden onset of moderate back pain and strong uterine cramping that began two hours ago. 30 minutes prior to the onset of the back pain, she noted bright red vaginal bleeding. She has had no prenatal care. On physical exam, she is afebrile, her blood pressure is 130 over 80 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 109 per minute, and respirations are 18 per minute. Abdominal palpation reveals a gravid hypertonic uterus and palpable uterine contractions. You observe blood in the vaginal vault. Results of transabdominal ultrasound demonstrate retroplacental hemorrhage. This is a case of abruptio placentae. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about this topic. In terms of an overview, abruptio placentae is a partial or complete placental detachment prior to delivery of the fetus. Diagnosis typically only applies to pregnancies greater than 20 weeks of gestation. Placenta abruptio and placenta previa are the two most common causes of third trimester bleeding. With respect to the epidemiology and incidence, approximately 1% of all pregnancies result in abruptio placentae. Two-thirds of cases are, quote, severe based on maternal, fetal, and neonatal morbidity. With respect to the demographics, this condition is more common in African-American women. Risk factors include prior placental abruption, trauma, for instance, with a motor vehicle accident, maternal smoking, cocaine use, hypertensive disorders such as eclampsia, preeclampsia, and chronic hypertension, premature rupture of membranes, uterine structural abnormalities such as bicornate uterus, uterine synechiae, and leiomyoma, abnormalities of maternal serum biochemical markers such as increased alpha-fetoprotein, increased HCG, and very low or very high levels of inhibin A, and finally, hyperhomocysteinemia. In terms of the pathophysiology, this condition involves rupture of maternal vessels in the decidua basalis. It causes bleeding into the decidual placental interface, causing placental separation from the uterine wall. With respect to the prognosis in the mother, it causes an increased morbidity and mortality. Prompt intervention decreases the incidence of maternal mortality. There is increased long-term risk of premature cardiovascular disease. There is a two times increased risk of death after coronary artery revascularization in the future. This may reflect underlying maternal vascular abnormalities that manifest as abruption during pregnancy. With respect to the prognosis in the fetus, there is an increased morbidity and mortality, especially when the baby is born preterm. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of abruptio placentae. Symptoms include abrupt third trimester bleeding, abdominal and or back pain, and uterine contractions. Physical exam findings include vital signs consistent with bleeding if severe, including hypotension and tachycardia, gravid hypertonic uterus, uterine tenderness, blood and clots that may be observed in the vaginal vault, and fetal distress, which presents with non-reassuring fetal heart rate pattern. 
with respect to the diagnostic imaging modalities, ultrasound is indicated for the diagnosis of retroplacental hematoma. This is classic for placental abruption. It usually presents if abruption is more severe and may be absent in milder cases of abruption. This is used to rule out placenta previa. With respect to other diagnostic studies, serum fibrinogen has the best correlation with severity of bleeding, presence of DIC, and need for blood products. Note that less than or equal to 200 mg per deciliter predicts severe postpartum hemorrhage. Pathologic placental evaluation supports the clinical diagnosis. Let's now discuss the differential diagnosis for this condition. The main differentials to keep in mind are placenta previa, uterine rupture, and normal or preterm labor. The key distinguishing feature for placenta previa is that it presents as painless vaginal bleeding. Uterine rupture is also associated with trauma. It may also have sudden onset symptoms such as vaginal bleeding, abdominal pain, fetal heart rate abnormalities, and maternal hypotension and tachycardia, but the key distinguishing features are loss of uterine tone and contractions, occurs after onset of labor, and other risk factors such as previous C-section. The key distinguishing feature for normal or preterm labor is that it has more gradual onset of signs and symptoms. Let's now discuss the treatment of abruptio placentae. Medical treatment involves expectant management with continuous fetal monitoring, fluid replacement, serum studies, ROGAM, and surgical treatment. Expectant management with continuous fetal monitoring is indicated when both the mother and fetus are stable and the fetus is less than 34 weeks gestation. Fluid replacement is indicated in all patients with signs of bleeding. Modalities include placement of one to two large-bore intravenous lines and administering lactated ringers or LR to maintain urine output greater than 30 milliliters per hour. Serum studies are indicated in all patients with suspected placental abruption. Modalities include complete blood count or CBC, blood type and screen with cross-match if transfusion is likely, coagulation studies, and liver chemistries in patients with suspected preeclampsia or HELP syndrome. ROGAM is indicated in all RHD-negative mothers with vaginal bleeding if father is RHD-positive or unknown. Modalities include single intramuscular or intravenous dose. Vaginal delivery is indicated if the fetus is greater than or equal to 36 weeks gestation and if there is no other indication for cesarean delivery. If the patient is not in active labor, amniotomy and oxytocin administration is used. Administer standard delivery medications for group B streptococcus prophylaxis according to guidelines and magnesium sulfate for neuroprotection if less than 32 weeks of gestation. And finally, surgical treatment involves immediate delivery with cesarean delivery. Indications include non-reassuring fetal status, hemodynamic instability in the mother, and if the fetus is between 34 and 36 weeks gestation. This is due to risk of progressive placental separation and maternal fetal compromise. Lastly, let's discuss the complications of abruptio placentae. Complications include disseminated intravascular coagulation or DIC when the placental separation is greater than 50%, hemorrhagic shock, maternal death, Recurrence risk in future pregnancies, note that 3 to 15% have a recurrence, fetal anemia, and fetal death when the placental separation is greater than 50%.
Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 29-year-old G2P1 at 35 weeks gestation presents to the obstetric emergency room with vaginal bleeding and severe lower back pain. She reports the acute onset of these symptoms one hour ago while she was outside playing with her four-year-old son. Her prior birthing history is notable for an emergency cesarean section during her first pregnancy. She received appropriate prenatal care during both pregnancies. She has a history of myomectomy for uterine fibroids. Her past medical history is notable for diabetes mellitus. She takes metformin. Her temperature is 99.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 104 over 68 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 120 per minute, and respirations are 20 per minute. On physical examination, the patient is in moderate distress. Large blood clots are removed from the vaginal vault. Contractions are occurring every two minutes. Delayed decelerations are noted on fetal heart monitoring. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's symptoms? 1. Amniotic sac rupture prior to the start of uterine contractions. 2. Chorionic villi attaching to the decidua bacillus. 3. Chorionic villi attaching to the myometrium. 4. Placental implantation over internal cervical os. Or 5. Premature separation of a normally implanted placenta. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, premature separation of a normally implanted placenta. The patient in this vignette presents with lower back pain and third trimester vaginal bleeding suggestive of abruptio placentae or placental abruption. This condition is caused by premature separation of a normally implanted placenta. Remember, abruptio placentae is one of the most common causes of third trimester bleeding along with placenta previa. Abruptio placentae is caused by the rupture of maternal vessels that results in bleeding into the decidual placental interface. This bleeding ultimately leads to placental separation from the uterine wall. In contrast to placenta previa, abruptio placentae is usually painful, particularly in the lower abdomen and or lower back. Ultrasound is usually the first and often only modality used to evaluate this disorder. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, amniotic sac rupture prior to the start of uterine contractions is characteristic of premature rupture of membranes, or PROM. If this occurs at greater than or equal to 37 weeks gestation, it is considered PROM. If it occurs at less than 37 weeks gestation, it is considered preterm PROM, or P-PROM. PROM will present with a rush or slow leak of amniotic fluid from the vagina. Answer choice 2, chorionic villi attaching to the decidua bacillus is normal as it allows for easy separation of the placenta from the uterus after birth. This would not present with bleeding and pain. Answer choice 3, chorionic villi attaching to the myometrium refers to placenta accreta. In this condition, the placenta passes the decidua bacillus of the uterine endometrium and attaches to the underlying myometrium. This will present with profuse hemorrhage following delivery and may result in an inability to deliver the placenta from the uterus after birth. And finally, answer choice 4, placental implantation over internal cervical os refers to placenta previa. In this condition, the placenta covers the cervical os and prevents a normal delivery from occurring. 
placenta previa will often present with painless bleeding in the third trimester. In summary, Abruptio placentae presents with painless bleeding in the third trimester. And that's all for this review about Abruptio placentae. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.